Welcome to Ready, Set, Glow, a podcast where I interview the person behind the brand. We're going to talk about what it took to get started, the lessons learned along the way, and the advice they have for you on your own journey. I'm your host, Mary Harcourt, founder and CEO of Cosmo Glow. In today's episode, we're going to talk to a Toronto-based worm farmer. Yes, you heard that right. Kathy is a worm farmer and a worm advocate who insists worms are the original alchemist. Worms convert food and paper waste into super nutrient-rich soil known as black gold. With a background in waste management, she knows a thing or two about it. As a population, people produce an incredible amount of waste, and very little of it ever goes on to be produced into something beneficial. With a worm bin, you can cut down on your own personal waste contributions, as well as add beneficial soil back into the earth. You can have a setup in any size space, even in a busy city studio apartment. It's a wonderful project for kids to be involved with and a much cheaper pet alternative to having than a dog or a cat. Worms are sold by the pound, the half pound, and the soil they enrich contains natural antidepressants. So working with your bare hands is highly recommended to get those added benefits. In addition to the typical worm, Kathy also farms sprouts, which are healthy, nutrient-rich plants that can be eaten raw, used in sandwiches, or as a snack. A woman who describes her life as a magic carpet ride. She also wants us to learn about laughter yoga and how beneficial it truly can be for the mind, body, and soul. The old saying, laughter is the best medicine, doesn't get nearly enough attention considering how powerful it truly can be. Kathy, welcome to the show. Uh, What are the benefits of worms and why should we all have them? Yeah, beautiful. So this is, uh, it's indoor composting that I'm proposing. So it's the same idea as outdoor composting. Uh, the worms require a carbon nitrogen mix and the carbon is the, the bedding, the shredded paper. So it could be leaves, straw, cardboard, and the nitrogen is the food scraps. So all your clippings from the kitchen, coffee, tea, you know, all your fruit and veg. Yeah. And the worms eat all of that and turn it into this nutrient rich, beautiful fertilizer. So if I'm feeding them my coffee grounds, are they wired and staying up all night? Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. And coffee grounds, thanks for mentioning coffee grounds, because there's a lot of coffee drinkers, right? And we're producing a lot of grounds. So um, the worms, the, the coffee grounds are a perfect nitrogen source. The worms don't have teeth. So the coffee grounds, you don't need to chop them. They don't attract fruit flies. Coffee grounds are a beautiful thing. Interesting. So to have a worm bin, you get some worms, you toss them in, and then you just do paper scraps, food scraps, and they become their own little ecosystem. Exactly. Yes. So there's a whole host of microorganisms that are at work in a worm bin or in a composter. So all of those materials will break down the fruit and vegetable peels, the paper, the worms kind of eat their poop. So it's, it is a whole ecosystem. Yes. It's beautiful. Interesting. And you sell worms by the half gallon gallon. How quickly do they reproduce? If I buy a gallon of worms, is it like me and my crew of worms forever? Or will it eventually turn into two gallons, three gallons? And then what do I do with them? Okay, by the pound or half pound. (laughs) I don't know if it makes a difference, but there you go. (laughs) 
so um, yeah, the worms that have a phenomenal reproduction rate, people talk about rabbits, they have nothing on worms. Wow. <laughs> well, we'll just say that they they will double in number under ideal conditions in about three to five months. They are living organisms. So temperature, moisture, and airflow are the key ingredients. Temperature, room temperature, if we're comfortable, they're comfortable, or uh, 60 to 80 Fahrenheit, roughly. Moisture, about 75% humidity, and airflow, so you would need to have holes in your in your bin. They eat all the material, turn it into nutrient-rich soil, and then they're also increasing in number. So I start with a word bin, and I become a worm farmer after three to five months because they double their capacity. Yeah, exactly. And you become a worm farmer the minute that you take on the worms. Are they gross? Like, are they slimy? What kind of worms do you farm? I'm split between being like fascinated by this. And this is also the things nightmares are made of. Thank you for addressing that. That is perfect, Mary, because I was afraid of worms before starting. They're not gross. They're not icky. When we change our mind, right? It's all about mindset. We hear that word a lot today. It totally is. The worms are not gross or icky. They have five hearts each. So beautiful. Isn't that like a lot of love? And I I do a lot of school workshops and I say to the kids, they ask me, why do they have five hearts? And I say, so we can love them a little bit more. But what things do have five hearts? I've never heard of any living creature having five hearts. I think octopuses or octopi have, I think. (laughs) Do you find there's a whole worm subculture? Like, is there Facebook groups, meetups, or is it really just as simple as it sounds? And you have a worm farm at your house and they're decomposing your waste. So it's the 20th anniversary of my great green business. Wow. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I'm really excited to be here because 20 years selling worms by the pound. Wow. I have stamina. All right. To answer your question, there are like all of these things, there are meetup groups. There are Facebook groups for vermiculture, for gardening, right? Which any gardener knows if you want to grow something beautiful and like with big blooms and and tasty fruits and vegetables, you need to start with the soil. Feed the soil, not the plant, right? There are all kinds of chemical fertilizers out there that say, oh, put this on and you'll have big fruits and vegetables, but it does nothing for the soil. We happen to live on a ranch and the lady before us was a, I'm going to mess this up by even saying it, some kind of biologist and would study the soil and make sure that we had the right amount of nitrates and all of this thing in the soil and everything in that garden grows. It's unbelievable. We're like the Mecca of it because of the soil. It's so healthy. Right. That's right. I started my business as a waste management tool. I'm I'm located just north of Toronto and our landfill closed in 02 and we started exporting garbage to the U.S. A thousand trucks a week, Mary, a thousand trucks a week. Yikes. This is indoor composting with worms. I wanted everybody to have a worm bin, every family, every school, every business, everywhere, worms everywhere. So then when we're having a, you know, our apple, we're like, oh, where's the worm bin? I'll just put that in like we do with recycling or, you know, any of these programs. So I was like, here we go. I'll launch my business. Won't this be great? Then I realized short on that. Yes. In addition to waste, waste management or waste minimization, the worms convert this material into nutrient rich soil so that we can grow more delicious, nutritious fruits and vegetables naturally. Now I've realized the waste management part is the side benefit. Really the beautiful part is the soil because then we're growing more nutrient rich food. When we're healthy, we can do good work. 
right? If we're not feeling well, we're sick and whatever, we can't, we can't think about the planet. You can't be environmentally conscious if you're not, you know, feeling well and you're not fully functioning. You're just worried, you know, you're just kind of struggling along. Um, so how does one find them as a worm farmer? Was this a lifelong dream? Was it a little bit accidental discovery based on your background in waste management? How did this just come to become? Yeah, actually, no, I, it was not a lifelong dream. And I was afraid of worms. I thought worms were gross. And I bought my house. I moved out of Toronto in 93. And I couldn't wait to start gardening and composting. And a teacher friend asked me to look after her worm bin. I'd never heard of it. But as an avid gardener, I knew the value of the compost. You know, I think that that we should try things rather than letting people say, oh, you won't like that. (laughs) You know, so so I took on the challenge. It was horrible. I had fruit flies and (laughs) and I was like, oh, I'm never doing this again. I kept the worms alive and and all was well, except, you know, it was gross. So I said, I'm never going to do that again. And then I was getting my psych degree when did I graduate? 2000, I graduated, got a job at a group home working with um, challenged adults. They had 10 homes and a farm and they didn't compost. And I was like, wow. So they were paying all this money. I mean, if you produce any volume of food scraps, it rots pretty fast, right? You got to get rid of it. You live on a ranch. That's fine. You have a space, not right. Grocery stores don't, you know, universities, hospitals, um, all of the restaurants, I mean, you know, BC. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Before COVID. Restaurants themselves create so much food waste. And we do in our own personal house as well. Every time I cook dinner, it's a, it's an effort to get cleaned up and kind of get the kitchen back to normal. Exactly, right? So anyway, it was the first time that I realized, wow, people don't connect what they do. They're creating all of this food waste and then paying over here to get rid of it. I said, hey, why don't you do composting? And the greenhouse manager said, what about worm composting? And I was like, ah. But then I, when I came home that day from work, I was like, they're not getting worms tomorrow. It's an institution. <laughs> so I started to do research. And then, right, it was my second introduction and I was like, oh, my gosh, I, ha- I, I realized these worms, they're red wiggler worms, special worms. They, they convert, you know, food scraps and paper into, into fertilizer, have five hearts each, turn, you know, all of these things. And I was like, oh, my gosh, my fear of them or my, my thought of them being gross converted into love and awe. And I was like, wow. And then I tried to get worms and I couldn't buy worms. In Canada year round. So I was like, interesting. Everything I feel like this was put in my path. Yeah, it was your path to find your calling to be in that niche. And now people have a way to find worms. They can look you up on your website, order a half pound. They can do it themselves in their kitchen. And even if it's in a sky rise building in a busy city, you can have this little bit of a green imprint on your life. Or if you have kids, what a wonderful experience to show them how things break down. And like you said, eating the apple and throwing it in, I feel like kids are always looking for something scientific. (laughs) They want to see what happens if, and it would be great to take their food scraps from the end of lunch and throw them in and come back. How long does it take them to decompress if we take up? a couple things of fruits, vegetables, and throw them in. Is it we come back in five days and it's gone? Is it gone in three weeks? How long does it take to kind of decompress or stop decompressing them eating everything? Yeah, that's a great question. It really depends on a lot of factors. This is going to sound like, I'm going to sound like a politician answering this one. (laughs) 
you know, it really depends on particle size, temperature, moisture, and things break down faster than others. Like I'll, I'll, I'll take um, like cabbage it has a life of its own. It lasts forever. And like potato peels, right? If it has the eye on it, that's the future growth. So in that nutrient rich environment, that potato peel may start to grow. And the worm bin is a beautiful demonstration of that. And if it is growing, the worms don't have teeth, so they can't eat that. They cannot, They don't have eyes, but if they did, and they don't talk, but if they did, they would be like, oh, look at that beautiful potato plant that we can't eat. I'm going to let it go. Yeah, absolutely. So that brings me to my next thing, because you also do sprout farming. Are they two totally different things, or do you do those on top of each other? Is there worms on the bottom with sprouts on top? Yeah, that's great. Thank you. That's what you would think. <laughs> but they are totally separate. I actually brought oh, my last sprout grower to show you. So it does have a little mesh in it. It's hard to see because it's trans, it's it's clear. There's pictures of it on my website so people can see, but I wanted to show you the sprouts that they grow. Look at this. Beautiful food. Oh wow. Amazing. So you put those in salads. What do you eat them raw? Like what do you do with them? This is my health plan. So this is two cups. This is a two cup container. Three tablespoons of those of these seeds okay. I use. Yeah. So you know the uh, the the white beans, the bean sprouts in Chinese food. Yes. Okay. Those are mung beans. Okay. And those are the those are the seeds that I use, but they're just grown a different way. You just as soon as the seed or the bean is germinated, that's when they're most nutritious. So these are super fast. They will germinate in twenty four to forty eight hours. Heat and humidity is what makes it work. It's a, like a little greenhouse, right? A little hydroponic um, greenhouse, water in the bottom. So it's not soil at all. They are two, totally separate. I'm almost unfortunate because it would be cool. To- <laughs> it is. You have all these worms. <laughs> you're breaking things down, making amazing soil. You think that you could just throw the sprouts in on top, but they're two totally different things. But that's also... Another thing that you can do at home by yourself or with a family or with your kids is grow sprouts that are very nutritious and can add into multiple different plates that you're cooking. So that's great. You have this whole thing about four drugs you need and the medical effects that you can get from soil. Yes. So so there's antidepressant microbes in your soil. And here's the the thing for today, you know, we're on our technology a lot. I don't even have a cell phone. (laughs) Keep breathing people. Wow, (laughs) I function just fine. (laughs) Um, But we're on our our phones a lot. We're on our technology a lot. And when we're gardening, we can't be on our technology because it would get dirty. I really don't believe that we were meant to multitask the way that we do. Right. We think we're so productive, but we're really not because we're just spinning and spinning and running here and there. I mean, even now, you know, how many people are late arriving in the Zoom room? It's like you didn't even have to go anywhere. You just had to walk into the other room. (laughs) Interesting. There's a whole movement of grounding, which is going outside with your bare feet or hands and sitting in the grass because there's some kind of, I don't even know how to explain it. I'm not the expert in this, but like some kind of chemical change that happens with reconnecting with the earth, which I would think the same thing's happening with your hands and bare soil. Absolutely. It's called earthing. Yes. And I've been earthing. I, oh gosh. Oh, with my beautiful green business, you know, I have had so many opportunities exhibiting at these super cool kind of green expos, you know, it's 20 years. So for 20 years, I've been involved in these little niche markets where you don't find these things in the big box stores or online, like 
when you're shopping online and stuff, you have to go to these cool little places. I bought the book Earthing uh, back in 2010, I think it was, and just thought this makes so much sense. And and just in short, when we started wearing shoes, um, we got disconnected from the earth. Yes, absolutely. And that's when kind of when we started to create imbalance in our body, because then we're not connected to the earth's energy. And I don't know about it either. I really don't know more than that, except I know how I feel. I earth every day, except not in the winter. <laughs> yeah, it's a little chilly right. out here right now. Yeah, it's pretty cold. Uh, but people should check that out. That was that was um, kind of discovered or not not invented because it, it's Earth's energy, but but discovered by a, a gentleman who was a cable um, installer. So he worked with electricity and somehow stumbled upon it and made connections and now they have earthing products you know that you can sleep on an earthing mat you know so it's uh, people should check that out because we really are disconnected and that would help solve a lot of our inflammation issues and um, just so many that's a really a whole another thing and I, I would encourage you to have somebody on to talk about earthing as well as de- dealing with the worms you go in bare hands and you're connecting with the soil in that way, getting all of those, what did you call it, antidepressant microorganisms? Yes. Uh, yeah, the antidepressant microbes. Can you imagine? Like gardeners are happy and it, there's a reason. I believe it. Well, uh, it's a whole nother topic, but I'm so intrigued. You're also into laughter yoga, which I've never heard about before, but I'm also very intrigued. I like yoga and who doesn't like to laugh? So explain to me what is laughter yoga, the benefits of it. And we should probably all be doing that too. Right. I know I have such wonderful solutions for today's life to live a wonderful life. Laughter yoga is not about fancy pants or poses. It's not (laughs) doing yoga and laughing. Okay. (laughs) Right. Okay. So it was started in 1995 by a medical doctor, Dr. Madan Kateria. His goal is world peace through laughter. Wow. So the yoga part is the deep diaphragmatic breathing. Our, our diaphragm is connected to all of our organs. So when we're, when we're saying the sounds ho and ha, we're like really like saying ho, ho and ha, ha. So Santa wasn't that far off when he said ho, ho, ho. <laughs> right, exactly. Ho, 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 ho. Yeah. So when we're, when we're saying those sounds, we're moving our diaphragm. And so it's like internal jogging. Um, it really is a cardiovascular workout. And when we're laughing, we're secreting the love drugs, dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, and endorphin versus cortisol that we secrete when we're stressed. Like we literally are in charge of our own pharma. When we're stressed, we're not breathing properly. So we're secreting cortisol. We're in fight, flight, or freeze. You know, we're frantic. Um, When we're laughing, it raises our vibration. It brings us to the present. I mean, it has so many benefits and it oxygenates our beautiful brain so we can come up with solution. And be more creative. And with more creation, you can be more innovative and think about different things to all help the universe we live in. So how does this work? Are there laughter sessions? Do you go to a class? Yeah, it's really like laughter classes because... It's about 10 to 15 minutes of sustained belly laughter. It's not jokes or comedy because those are conditional. Those are, you know, maybe somebody's at the butt of the joke and then it's not funny for everybody. 
Right. So this is just little games. There's clapping and chanting. And when you're clapping, you clap palm to palm. So you're activating the meridians. It's ho, ho, ha, ha, ha is the mantra. It seems ridiculous. It yeah. is. <laughs> but hey, if, if you're getting results, you told me that you have rock hard abs. I mean, that's impressive. If I can get rock hard abs from laughing, I'm in. Right. Exactly. It's super fun. It connects us. So, you know, it, before before this cuckoo time, we were, of course, meeting in person. It was really great. In-person laughter clubs are the best. Zoom can't can't match the the, the magnificence of laughing in person, but it's a wonderful, it's a wonderful um, way that we've all pivoted online. And so it's like the Brady Bunch, right? You have um, gallery view so you can see everybody and there's little games. So everybody looking at each other, it's, it's making eye contact, connecting, and then it's contagious in a good way. That's true. Laughter <laughs> is contagious. And they also say laughter is the best medicine which is probably the basis of where that came from and has been so overrated that, you know, we all say that saying and it goes and comes and goes, but maybe that is the root of it all is laughter is the best medicine because it does release all of these things, these dopamines that make you feel good and lower your stress, which I feel like, as you said, we're not that great at multitasking. I think we multitask more and produce more stress without ever giving ourselves a moment to balance all of that. Remember when the blackberry came out and they called it the crackberry? Yeah, and the original with the little rollerball. If you if that fell out, you were devastated. Right? What you know, it would be like, oh, who's who's contacting me? It was a boo-hoo. Yeah. If that's how we are now, except except it's amped up so many more times because there's so many more platforms now. We're online all the time wondering, oh, what am I missing out on? Oh, that over there, that over there. Oh, how can we focus? We got to just like decompress, take one thing at a time. Yeah. Put our hands in soil, grow some worms, lower our carbon footprint by taking our food waste and paper. I mean, do they eat newspaper, paper towels and how much you said a gallon of worms could eat a ton of trash in a year. You said a pound of worms, pound of worms, a pound of worms and their descendants. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. They eat half their weight per day in food scraps. So the, so the bedding and the food scraps, it's, it's significant. It really is significant what the worms can do. Um, yeah, it's a beautiful hear thing. Them? Do they make noise? You know, they, they don't really, you, you know, they're, they're in an enclosed bin and, um, yeah, no, they don't, they, you can't hear them. Sometimes if you open up the bin, you might hear them kind of scooch away because they're kind of at the top eating at the top. Um, and when you, they don't like the light. So when you open the lid, they're going to scoot down, oh. but it would just be like, <laughs> like and this is a much cheaper <laughs> alternative than having a dog or a cat right and you can go away for a few days that's true so when it comes to you and your farming do you have like your crew that those are your worms and no one touches them or do they just they're all blending in the ones that you sell and give away versus the ones that are your pets that you keep or are they all they, they are universal that's a great question. I do have a few kind of separate units that are, those are my babies that, you know, I'm just like my sourdough bread. Those are my babies. <laughs> How long do they live? Well, they'll live up to 10 years. So I think, wow. you know, I say to people by bringing worms inside, we're actually extending their life because there's a lot of predators in the wild for worms. 
Well, I have 30 chickens. I've already thought about if I get worms and they reproduce, I mean, I could find a place for them to go. They might not enjoy their outcome, but my chickens would. Chickens, there's really a pecking order. Oh, there is. Yeah, they are some interesting creatures. That is for sure. They love worms, Mary. You should get a worm farm. To manage your scraps. I know the chickens eat all the scraps. You could just like, and then, and then, you know, people that feed their worms, uh, their chickens worms, um, the chickens are healthier and, you know, because the worms are pure protein. Well, it's fascinating too. I have houseplants as well. And I look at them and they need to be repotted. And the soils now just seems to be dry even when I water it. But if I had the black gold, I would love to repot them, introduce that new healthy soil, like rich in nutrients to my little plants and watch how good they would do versus just what they have now or what you buy in a bag from the grocery store. Who knows what's that, what's in there? Right. Yes. That industry is not regulated, folks. Interesting. And with how they produce food these days, there are so many chemicals that we are consuming without us even knowing that having a hand, and this is what you were talking about earlier in the episode, is understanding that you are making that soil and that soil is going to nourish the plants that you put it on. And then if you can grow food out of that, it's full circle because you're going to cut it up and put the scraps right back into those worms. So you create your own little ecosystem. Yay. Thank you. That's what I always say. It's like the infinity loop, right? We're you, you eat the food, you feed the scraps to the worms, they eat it, they make the soil, you grow more food. Yeah, Absolutely. thank you, Mary. Beautiful. Okay, you are so interesting. I feel like we could talk to you forever between the laughter yoga, between a sprouts farmer, you're a worm farmer, which I didn't even know was a thing until today. Where can people, let's say they're at home going, I could do this, or I'm intrigued, I want to learn more, or my kids would die if we could bring home like a worm farm and let them have fun and experiment with it. Where can they go? Is Kathy'sComposters.com the best website for you? Yes. All of my offerings are there. That's my original website. Uh, yes. So Kathy'sComposters.com. And then you can also find you on Facebook, which is Kathy's Crawly Composters. And these are Kathy with a C. So Kathy's Crawly Composters on Facebook and Kathy'sComposters.com. These will also be on my website because I post all the episodes with the little bio of what we're talking about today. So that information will be readily available on my website, which is MaryHarcourt.com. And then under the episodes tab, you can always go there for more information about our guests. And Kathy, thank you so much. You have been such a joy. I feel like we could talk forever about worms and laughter and just the things you get from soil that nobody ever talks about and food waste. But there are limited time on today. So thank you so much for being a part of today's show. Thank you, Mary. I really appreciate the opportunity. Absolutely. Well, I hope that we can lower our carbon footprint, get some worms out there, reproduce them, and feed them to my little chickens who will be so happy. They will. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Enjoy meeting you. That wraps up today's episode. For more information on our guests, you can find them at maryhargort.com under the episodes tab. You can always find me on Instagram at maryhardcourt underscore and at the Cosmo Glow Light. I hope you enjoyed this episode and many more to come.